Jack Ferguson, man. What's going on? Uh, you sitting in the beautiful jungles of Chiang Mai. How's life over there? Yeah, we're still here, bro. Uh, it's super good. Just been uh, doing the same thing with the same team and uh, hoping to get ready for a real busy year this year. First is what you've been doing, you know, the last, uh, say, six months or so. Uh, you last fought in September, I believe, and mm-hmm. it didn't go the way you you know you wanted it to. But um, man, it, this is what the game is about. It's about you know speed bumps, you know barricades, and you gotta jump over mm-hmm. them and and continue forward, right? So tell me what you know what what you've been doing. What did you do after that fight? Well, uh, yeah, after that fight, um, I just took the loss like a man. Uh, no excuses. I made a mistake. Ryan's a tough fighter, and he capitalized on it. He got the win, so hats off to Ryan, bro. Um, I would like to fight him again in the future. I think I'm definitely capable of beating him. But uh, in the meantime, just back in the lab, back doing everything that we have been doing, training two, three times a day, uh, getting a lot of private lessons in with uh, some of the Thai trainers and our wrestling coach, and just really trying to break down and refine uh where I might be lacking some skills and really try and build on, you know, having an all-round game so that I'm comfortable in any situation as opposed to being a specific style of fighter. Eternal, they have a pretty, if you look at it, pretty legit flyweight division now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Especially with guys like you that are the young guys coming up and willing to fight the more established guys like Ryan. Uh, did you check out the fights uh, last is last weekend? Yeah, you know, Ryan fought. You know, he got... Uh-huh. He got beat by uh, Paul Loga. You know, that was a good fight. Those are two mm-hmm. legit flyweights, man. What do you think about the division over there? Uh, I watched that fight very closely, bro. Mm-hmm. I watched it a couple times um, because they're both potential opponents for me in the future. Um, actually, when I was fighting Ryan, I flew there by myself, so I had no corner man, cut weight by myself and everything. And it was actually Paul was in the same corner as me. So some of his boys held pads for me, helped me warm up. So I'm super thankful to Paul and his team for helping me out. But um, it is business at the end of the day. Like uh, I consider both of those people friends. I saw Ryan at uh, One Warrior Series a couple of weeks ago in Singapore. We hung out for a bit. But um, at the end of the day, bro, like if their name comes up, I'll fight them. Like I gotta, I can't be dodging people just because they're my friend or we get on well, you know. So, um, yeah, they got a murderer's road down there in the flyweight division. Uh, Steve Ersig, Shannon Ross. I've been watching. Um, I've been watching everything tick over. You know, trying to plan my uh, plan my year and plan what I'm going to try and do. Uh, set some goals, set some targets, and uh, come through intelligently and take fights that you know I'm not going to call out Shannon Ross right now, but that's someone that I'm going to work towards in the coming in the coming year, coming year and a half maybe. It's someone that um, he's got the belt, so he's definitely on my mind. Steve Ersteg's another tough guy. Um, I think I'm number 20 or something, so there's a lot of people in line for me to fight to progress further in the division. What do you think about that fight this weekend at Eternal 52? Shannon Ross versus Steve Ersteg. Do you feel Steve has a a very big chance of upsetting Shannon Ross? Because Shannon Ross has been sitting on top of that mountain for a long time. Hmm. Yeah, um, I watched both interviews with you of theirs, and so um, I don't, I haven't watched a lot of Shannon Ross's fights. He's always just sort of been the name in my head. Uh, I think if anybody 
right now is going to upset Shannon. I think it will be Steve. He did a great job against Paul Wogut in the on the same night that I fought on in Perth. Uh, I think Shannon Ross is obviously a veteran. He's got so many fights. He's probably UFC worthy now. But uh, I think if anybody is to get the job done in the coming future, I think it is uh, Steve Ersig. Yeah, he's got that knockout power. He's got uh, the reach. He's super technical. And I think he might be able to solve the puzzle that is Shannon Ross. In your time away from the cage, you, you talked about getting private lessons, working on your game, completing it, rounding it out. Like what exactly did you work on mostly to, uh, you know, even out your toolbox? Mm-hmm. So um, I feel when I first came to Team Quest, I was mainly a striker. I didn't do a lot of grappling or anything. Uh, since being here, I got my blue belt like 18 months ago. And uh, so I've been here for two years now. I've been really grappling. We got our wrestling coach. I drill with him almost every day. So I felt I was getting almost more grapple heavy in my approach. And so I wanted to really, uh, I've had some Muay Thai fights while I'm out here too, really try and even up my striking and get everything crisp and powerful. Um, I think hitting pads, for example, is super important because if you just hit the bag, you're not disciplined. You're sort of teaching yourself if you make a mistake you don't really correct it where i think having a tie trainer some of our coaches have like 250 fights you know so they know striking better than anybody so having them be able to tell you uh where you're going wrong and why and explain things to help try and uh open even your game up and also having the perspective of trying to mix strikes with takedowns with submissions with scrambles everything as opposed to learning each art individually and then trying to mold it yourself having a head coach like dylan fossil who can really put that blend in together and help make you a more complete fighter overall yeah your team seems like it has grown in the last six months who are Mm -hmm. the who are some additional fighters that you have brought on so we've had almost the same team for the last since I've been there two years, but everyone's just, we've got such a young, talented team that everyone's only just starting to hear of us now. For example, we got uh, Marie Rumet and Peter Dunneso. They're 19 and 20. They both just made their pro debuts on One Warrior Series last week. So they're they're up and coming. They're getting really, um, they're super talented. They're both going to be big stars. We've got um, our wrestling coach, Colt. He's uh, 2-0 as an amateur. But he wrestled for the Marines and he's wrestled, I don't know how many wrestling matches. Um, Dylan, as you know, is like an OG of the sport. He's been been there, done everything, done it all. So he's kind of leading the way for us to, he's kind of leading the way for us to come through and follow in his footsteps. And we're trying to learn from everything that he's done to progress all of our careers together. It's good having, um, a lot of us are, all lighter weight like um i think the heaviest mma fighter we've got would be armor and he's probably like a 66 kilo fighter and so having a bunch of people all the same size but with different backgrounds and styles it really brings the diverse camp together yeah yeah i've noticed it man i've noticed that you do have a a diverse group of smaller weight like you guys are kind of creating your own little team alpha male over there at team quest uh, yeah, yeah. It could be. You never know what could happen with that. You know, what I mean, more people are gonna come eventually, and come mm-hmm. and join and add 
what they can add to that team. Uh, you know, I, I was something interesting I was looking at is on the news. I was looking at Chiang Mai, like the pollution. Is it noticeable it, there? Because it seems like uh, in the news it makes it sound like it's just crazy or something. Uh, it's pretty bad. Some mornings, bro, like uh, they're burning a lot of plastic and stuff, and it's mainly in neighboring countries. And so all the smoke, it definitely settles over the mountains and stuff. Uh, some mornings we will go to a uh, we won't uh, we'll do our conditioning and stuff and we will do it at not at Team Quest we will do conditioning at an indoor gym where they have air purifiers and filters and stuff uh, the pollution can be pretty bad but as long as you're not like you're not going to go for a 10k run if the smoke's at 150 or something you know so as long as you train smart and plan your training around when you think the pollution will be good or bad I think it will be a lot better all right well now you got a fight coming up or scheduled on march 28th full metal mm-hmm. dojo we actually met each other at the last full yeah, metal yeah, dojo yeah. in bangkok uh your teammates were fighting on that um man talk about that environment and actually being able to now this time around go and compete in the nightclub mm. so um so i've cornered uh javier on two different uh fmd cards or cornered yeah, the last two FMDs, I've been there as a cornerman, as a coach, helping my team. So um, it almost feels like a home to me now. You know, we've gone there, we've done the warm up. It's a familiar setting. Uh, I've made, even though it's not me fighting, I've made that walk a lot of times. You know, out through all the girls around and the party and stuff. Like it's a pretty wild event. It's super cool, bro. Um, so I feel really comfortable. I feel really at home. Uh, getting there, meeting everyone, making the walk. Uh, I don't think it's going to be too much different um, to any other cage once I'm in there, obviously. But uh, I'm going to have my entire team with me this time. So uh, a big thing about my fight with Ryan, for example, is uh, it was an eye-opener for me because it proves that I'm doing something that I really should be doing because I flew to Perth by myself, cut weight by myself, um, just grabbed a guy out the back and said, like, can you corner me? And so to be able to fight in enemy territory by yourself, I think it proves that I'm mentally strong as a fighter because a lot of people can't fight unless it's their backyard, you know, with their whole team there, the crowd's there for them. So now I feel like I feel as though I'm going to have the hometown advantage almost by fighting there, having – my whole crew, a bunch of friends in the crowd, you know, I think it's going to be a almost like a welcome home, welcome back to the good life of fighting in your hometown or your own backyard, you know? Definitely a, a favorable environment for somebody to come fight at, you know what I mean? It, especially the cage is much smaller too, so there's no running around in that cage, huh? <laughs> no, no, not at all. Uh, I think the cage definitely favors grapplers because... Uh, if you're going to strike and move and you take a couple of steps back and your back's against the, the fence, you know. So uh, that's definitely something we've been working on, uh, cage control, um, being evasive, but understanding that if you take one or two steps back, you're going to be against the fence, you know, or you're going to be maybe even on the mat. And so taking uh, the size of the cage into consideration is definitely uh, a big part of this camp for, for us. It's a wild, wild situation right there. So March 28th, you get that fight in. Um, mm-hmm. What are your plans after that? Are you Do you have kind of like a target date for certain fights or, or just like events that you want to get on? Mm-hmm. So um, I know 
This is March 28th. I know Eternal has another card in Perth on June 6th. So hopefully uh, me and our wrestling coach Colt can come over and fight on that card. I want to fight three, possibly, if I could get four this year, I would be ecstatic. But three is my goal right now. Three fights. Um, so this would be number one, hopefully Perth. Number two, and then that leaves room for one or two more at the end of the year. Um, I really want to fight in different places, bro. Like, uh, I want to fight like Japan, Korea, you know, like so many awesome fighters have gone through, gone to Japan and fought and become legends. You know, Mark Hunt, Ray Sefo, or uh, like Vandalay, for example. And so I think I'd love to just be, be able to say that I was a part of something like that, that I was a fighter who managed to travel the world through fighting you know to experience everything that this fight game has to offer i know brave or uh uae warriors would be a super cool anywhere bro i want to travel fight anyone uh the best life through fighting uh provide the best experiences for myself uh with my skill set of martial arts do you see you know you, you just mentioned that you want to go fight all over the world but do you see like a a, a, a outlet like OWS or the Contender series. Do you see? Do you are you always watching those shows and maybe seeing where you can fit in over there also? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I went to OWS uh, with Peter and Marie a couple of weeks ago, and my main goal was to obviously corner my teammates. Like I was there for them, but while that while they had downtime, I made sure I shook everybody's hand. I spoke with everybody. Just let them know, hey, I'm Jack. Uh, I'm a fighter too. Like um, we got these young guys coming up. I've been a big part of their camp. Uh, I'm ready. I'm hungry. Like I feel like it's biased because obviously I'm gonna say, yeah, I'm ready for the shot. But um, you know, I'm here. If anybody, like I'm sitting by the phone. You know, I'll pick it up if someone calls. I think OWS would be good. I know Contender Series is going to China. I think they're doing six or seven events in China this year. Um, that was before the virus outbreak, so that some of them may be cancelled. I think they're mainly looking for Asian fighters, but it's definitely something I'll apply for regardless. Because uh, even if if not, then at least it's my name in someone else's mouth. You know, like they're talking. It's just more exposure for me. I'll apply everywhere until I get something. Definitely, that's a good attitude to have, man. Like you're not just stuck in one position, and you're just looking at one target you have many targets and and you're working mm-hmm. you know you're networking that's that's so important a lot of guys go around they don't do that they just act like you should know them right there's a lot of guys you yeah. know yeah. you know what i'm talking about there's a lot of guys walking around like oh you should know who i am right but at the end of the day being nice and shaking people's hands it, that takes no energy it just mm-hmm. that's just you should that's just the normal thing to do around people and and this game is about networking and who you know and if you know the right people it'll take you to places where you will never been. Yeah, of course, bro. Um, I've always tried to make an effort to be uh, the most genuine person I can be. Like, um, for example, if I lose a fight, congratulations to my opponent because whether I would be injured or make any kind of excuse, like I wish I had excuses for everything so that it wasn't my fault, you know. But at the end of the day, if I lose a fight, that's that's my fuck up because it's my job to win the fight even if i lose 
that's on them. I try to be shake everyone's hand, be a genuine person, and not because I think they could be it would be an advantage knowing this person, but just to show that I'm like a genuine guy, you know. Like, there's no bullshit here. There's no. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm easy to deal with. If you call me, if I can fight, I'll fight. If not, I'll say I'm sorry. We'll do a later date. But I want to be known as someone that's easy to get along with. That I'm a genuine guy. I will talk to you. And if you ring me with an offer, I will try my best to meet in the middle or make something happen. You know, I think that's a very big thing. Is like uh, a lot of people, as you said, expect the promoters to know them. Expect the promoters to already owe them favors for something. And it's just never going to be the case. Uh, if you can just be a genuine guy, I think more people will be inclined to work with you, uh, get to know you, and you'll have more opportunities from there. March 28th, man, you step back into that cage at Full Metal Dojo, Bangkok, Thailand. Jack, always appreciate the time, and uh, good luck on the fight, man, and good luck on uh, getting those three, four fights this year and, and you know, having a building your record, you know, because you're still young. You're a young kid. You're, you're a kid. But not a yeah, kid, yeah. you know what I mean? In this game, you're <laughs> yeah. a kid. So, you, you know, it's good that you kind of stepped away, built, you know, your your skill set a little bit more. Because I think a lot of people rush into fights sometimes and they're not mm -hmm. ready. But it seems like you've been doing it for a while now. So you're ready. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. Thanks so much. Awesome. Thank you so much, my bro. Uh, always a pleasure to come and talk to you. And uh, hopefully I'll see you again at one of these events. Uh, I know you said you might not be at FMD this time. But I'll catch you again at somewhere soon, I hope.